Garden Basics with Farmer Fred is brought to you by Smart Pots, the original lightweight, long-lasting fabric plant container. It's made in the USA. Visit smartpots.com slash Fred for more information and a special discount. That's smartpots.com slash Fred. Welcome to the Garden Basics with Farmer Fred podcast. If you're just a beginning gardener or you want good gardening information, well, you've come to the right spot. Maybe the only sunny area you have for a garden is currently a lawn. Well, how about reducing the size of that lawn and converting it to a food and flower producing garden? Or maybe you're trying to get rid of persistent weeds in a current garden. Or maybe your soil has pests or diseases, nematodes, verticillium wilt, and more. This is the time of year to tackle all those tasks with soil solarization. We're going to tell you how to heat up the soil to kill off an unwanted lawn, do away with Bermuda grass, and thwart soil-borne pests and diseases, resulting in some of the best soil you've ever had using clear plastic. Soils expert Steve Zion has the tips. Hey, don't be in a hurry to pick those apples from your backyard trees. In many cases, the longer you wait, the better they taste. And that's especially true for one particular very popular apple variety that's probably harvested two months too soon. And as you stroll through your garden, maybe you're noticing some wilting plants or browning leaves or lack of growth. Our favorite retired college horticulture professor, Debbie Flower, has a quick tip on solving a very common problem in yards and gardens, ignored irrigation systems. It's all part of episode 24 of Garden Basics with Farmer Fred. Get comfortable on that clear plastic sheeting and give us a listen. We'll do it all in under 30 minutes. Let's go. Soil solarization is an excellent method for reducing some weed seeds and soil-borne diseases. And what exactly is solarizing? Well, it involves leaving a clear plastic tarp on the soil surface for four to six weeks during the hottest part of the year. Now, it works great when you're in a warm growing area, but if you live in a foggy or low light or low temperature area, there are options for you as well to kill weed seeds and nematodes and maybe even verticillium wilt, which are all pathogens that are adversely affected when you solarize the soil. And you may even have success removing Bermuda grass with soil solarization if you live in an area where Bermuda grass is more of a weed than a turf. We're talking with Steve Zion of Living Resources Company. He's a pedologist, 45 years in the soils business. Steve, how long have you known about soil solarization? Oh, boy, I don't know. My guess is 20, 30 years. Um, the, the folks that actually did the research are just down the road at UC Davis, and uh, they did the research on it. They, have, they had a student organic farm, and they were looking for alternatives to the fumigants, that they that the farmers use in, in crops like uh, strawberries, and uh, they found that uh, you can use these this clear plastic, and if you do it right, it, it will actually basically act like a greenhouse. If if you uh, have a greenhouse out there this time of year, and you go out in the greenhouse. If it's 100 degrees outside, it's probably about 180 in the green <laughs> in the greenhouse. If you don't have it cooled or vented. It basically cooks the soil. They, they call it uh, solarization because it's not quite sterilization. 
but it's it it gets in you know kind of in that direction. Um, I mean, for example, if you do it properly, you're going to get your soil to to really really heat up at a depth of two inches. Uh, it can get anywhere from 108 to 140 degrees. And what you really want to do, if you're really trying to uh, manage weeds and diseases and insect pests. Uh, you, your goal is to maintain the soil temperature for pretty much close to six to eight weeks uh, at anywhere from 110 to 125 degrees. And you can actually determine whether that's happening because you're going to be using clear plastic. You can get a, a soil thermometer and put that soil thermometer down in there. And usually the probes are about six inches long. And it'll have a little dial on the top, and you can go out there and see how, how warm that soil is getting. So obviously, the best time of year to do soil solarization is during the summer, the months of June, July, and August, for much of the country. Not all the country, but for much of the country. And For, for our country, the United States of America. If you live in the southern hemisphere, it's not going to work so well. Well, okay. <laughs> it, it has to be in, in, this, in the heat of the summer. Right. Starting, you know, roughly, you know, a month before the summer solstice. In this time frame where daytime highs may be in the 80s or 90s, it is remarkable that soil temperatures can get up to 140. But the key, as you pointed out, and it, it bears repeating, the key is to be using clear plastic. Very much clear plastic. And and the thinner, the better. Actually, what you want, if you if you can deal with it and, and have it be successful, is one mil thick plastic, clear plastic, and and you want it to be as clear as possible. Uh, if it's kind of smoky or cloudy, that's going to cut down the, the the light transmission through the through the plastic. the The issue with the, the the one mil plastic, if it's a windy area, or you've got critters like cats and dogs that might be walking on it, um, it's not going to probably hold up. Uh, and if you want to do it for more than six or eight weeks, the, the sun will probably start breaking that plastic down. Um, and so then you're going to want uh, something thicker. Uh, like if you're in a windy area, uh, one and a half to two mils thick um, would be probably more uh, advisable. And if you go to a big box store like Home Depot or Lowe's and you go to the paint aisle, they usually have rolls of plastic uh, yep. or painters that they put down on, on uh, carpets. And that, yeah. and that is enough to uh, solarize your yard uh, many times over because it's usually fairly big rolls. And like you mentioned, if the wind does rip it, well, it, it's not that difficult to replace it with another piece. Well, a lot of times, if if it's if it you know you can replace it for a, with a little piece, but you want to go out there probably every day, especially if it's you're in a windy area, or there's you know skunks or raccoons or any kind of critter that could be walking on there, because even a, a small little hole will you'll lose heat from that, and so you've got to go out there and and uh, monitor it on a regular basis. If you find like your cat walked over it and didn't like do that and put her claws through it you know if it's just a small little area you can get just like duct tape or something mm -hmm. plug those holes all right so we're going to be killing weeds we're going to be killing nematodes we might even be able to thwart verticillium wilt if it's in your soil and let's yep. go let's go step by step through the whole soil solarization process so we're going to be doing this at the hottest time of the year so june july yep. august it'll be about yep. a four to six week uh, process I would. I, I like. I like to say six to eight weeks. Okay. All right. The, the longer you've got it cooking, the, the the better chances of you kick, 
killing the nasties. The first thing I would think you would have to do is clear the area. If it's a lawn that you you want to convert to a garden area, you'd want to mow it as short as possible. If it's a weedy, rocky area, you'd want to at least weed whack the weeds back to soil level and remove the rocks, rake off the rocks, so you have a fairly smooth surface. Yeah, you want, to, you want the area to be flat, and you want to basically remove as much vegetation as possible. And the, and the soil should be flat because when you lay that plastic down, uh, you really don't want any air pockets. You want that plastic to basically hug the soil. And one way to get it to hug the soil is in that process while you're uh, leveling the soil and getting all the weeds knocked down or the lawn knocked down is to dig a trench along the outer perimeter. It doesn't have to be that deep of a trench, just a few inches. But that's where you can anchor down that clear plastic with bricks or rocks. Yeah, actually, you know, you know, I would like to lay the plastic down, and then I know where the where the, where that trench should be. Okay. Um, or you, but you can you can measure it. You know, you know how big a, a piece of sheeting uh, uh, that you have. But yeah, you want to you know dig a trench and then bury the edges to so that it forms a, a tight seal. But before you put the plastic Yes, down, yes. What do you do before you, you, you put the plastic You have to realize that, that what actually transmits the heat through the soil is moisture. And so you need to irrigate that area really, really well. And in this case, drip systems might not work very well because you want that moisture to be starting at the soil surface. So you want to water that area typically from above the ground and then you need to you need to use a soil probe or, or some sort of device to make sure that that water goes down 18 inches because you want that heat to move down 18 inches. If you've only got that water going down four inches, that's all the soil solarization you're going to get is four inches. So this is going to be a process that might take a few days because you're going to be cycling the water on and off just to avoid runoff. Yes. And basically, what, like you say, what you're trying to do is get that water as deep as possible. So you might plan on spending at least a couple of days uh, running that sprinkler in order to uh, get the soil moisture to percolate downward. Yeah. And, and at this time of year, you really, you know, normally I just tell people don't water at night. <laughs> but, you know, uh, with, with it being so hot, uh, watering in the evening, uh, you're not worried about diseases of of foliage because you're going to be killing the foliage anyway um you will be you you won't need to use quite so much water if you do it during the evening or early morning hours when you're going to lose less to evaporation and i imagine too that right before you lay down that clear plastic you probably should just wet the soil again yeah that would be advisable and again what this moisture what this moisture is doing is helping move that heat downward yeah, yeah. Dry soil, the water, the, the heat's not going to move through it. it. You're 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 basically heating the moisture in the soil. And you know, if you can get it, you know, if you can get that soil uh, up to 110 to 125 degrees for a long period of time, for those six to eight weeks, um, you're going to be able to kill a lot of the weed seeds and the disease spores and insect eggs. And another thing that's kind of cool is that it also make some of those pests that might not be killed it weakens them to the point where they're going to be more susceptible to biological controls Hmm.
It's not uncommon for tomato gardeners to get some rather interesting surprises this time of year. Now, they're pleasant surprises, usually in the form of a volunteer tomato plant. If you're a curious gardener such as myself, you just might want to grow it out to see what sort of tomato develops. However, that tomato plant may be popping up in an area where you don't want it to grow. And maybe all your garden area this time of year is filled with other vegetables and fruits. There is a solution. Dig it up carefully and transplant it to a large smart pot using a good quality potting soil. Place it in a sunny area, prune it back a bit, keep the soil moist, and voila, you've got mystery tomatoes later in the summer. Smart pots are the original lightweight, long-lasting fabric plant container made in the USA. They're sturdy, easy-draining containers that'll last for years. Smart pots are made with an easy-breathing fabric. It keeps them cooler than plastic pots. You're going to have a more successful tomato growing experiment or whatever you're growing in the hot summer months. You want more information? Well, visit smartpots.com fred. And be sure to include that slash Fred part. That can get you a nice discount when you buy a Smart Pot. Smart Pots are available at many Ace and True Value hardware stores, local independent nurseries, and online at Amazon.com. Again, visit SmartPots.com slash Fred and get yourself a Smart Pot. Or two. Or three. Hey, how would you like to win your own Smart Pot? From June 16th through June 30th, one lucky winner can qualify to receive SmartPot's six-foot long bed, a fabric container large enough to hold over 10 cubic feet of soil. It's 16 inches tall and 16 inches wide by about six feet long. That's enough room for a couple of tomato plants and a couple of pepper plants or maybe one fantastic display of summer flowers. We're going to award the Smart Pot Long Bed to the best comment or review about Garden Basics with Farmer Fred that you post at the podcast service where you're listening to this show. And by best comment, I don't necessarily mean the kindest comment, uh, just the most creative comment. So when you're done listening to the show, leave a comment wherever you're listening, and you just might get yourself the Smart Pot 6-Foot Long Bed. We'll announce the winner on the July 3rd edition of the Garden Basics with Farmer Fred podcast. Thank you. We're talking about what soil solarization can do for your soil. You do it during the summer, you put down clear plastic, and voila, weeds are gone, weed seeds are gone, nematodes are gone, verticillium wilt just might be gone. But what happens to the garden good guys, all that beneficial bacteria and fungi that might be in the soil, Steve Zion? Are they harmed in this process? Some of them are, um, but uh, in, in some cases they can move out of the area, worms, for example. But very, very quickly uh, they will, re you know, because the, the surrounding area is not affected, the area farther down is not affected. Uh, so uh, tests have shown that the beneficial critters move back in very, very quickly. Uh, you can also, to improve that, add things when you're done, uh, top dress with uh, things like uh, organic fertilizers that have microbes. There are products that you can buy that have microbes. Um, probably two of the better things are good quality compost and my personal favorite, worm castings. Worm castings that have all sorts of organisms. Now, the key here, though, is when you're done and you've removed that plastic, do not till that soil. Don't rototill the soil. Be 
because you know the, the soil, especially you know, the higher you are in the soil profile, if you're only like two inches deep, three inches deep, you've probably killed just about everything there. But the farther you go down, the better the chances are that weed seeds, disease spores, and insect eggs have survived. And so chilling them would bring those critters that have survived up to the top. So when you're adding the, the worm castings or the compost, just put it right on top. And typically what happens is after you've tarped this area for six to eight weeks, that soil will really be nice and loose and friable. Where do the earthworms go during all this? They'll go to the surrounding area. They'll go farther down. I, I am very impressed about how it does such a fine job on weed seeds, but we shouldn't uh, shortchange the fact that solarization controls so many soil-borne fungal and bacterial problems, including verticillium wilt, fusarium wilt, phytophthora, southern blight, damping off, crown gall, tomato canker, potato scab, and many others. Yeah, I mean, it, it works really, really well. Like I said, you see when they did the research, they were looking for alternatives to, you know, the fumigants. Uh, some of the fumigants uh, that the farmers used uh, on a regular basis were being outlawed because they were so dangerous and so toxic. And uh, they found that this really does a wonderful job. They get... Uh, I mean, there are they do they do a good job on controlling nematodes as well. If you've got if you've ever had a plant that didn't perform well, uh, in particular your vegetable garden, in your vegetable garden, and uh, like tomatoes for example, and your tomatoes not doing well, you pull it up. And normally, I don't tell people to pull pull the roots out because those roots will decompose and add organic matter. But if a plant's not doing well, there might be something wrong with the roots. And if you pull those roots out, you might see little nodules. And that's fine to see little nodules on your peas and beans because those are, that, those are beneficial bacteria providing nitrogen to your plant. But on tomatoes, those are nemat called nematodes, and they damage the plant roots, and that's one of the causes for your plant not uh, surviving. And this uh, soil solarization will control the bad nematodes as well. And we mentioned this is best in warm areas. So if you live in an area where the air temperature is in the upper 80s, 90s or higher, such as the Central Valley of California, the deserts or other inland areas of California or wherever you may happen to be, summertime is the best time to do this. If you live in the cooler coastal areas of many parts of California, they have what they call the San Francisco summer which is usually the month of September, where it's not so much it gets hot, but at least it's not foggy. And that would be their best opportunity along the coast to try yeah. solarization. Yeah, I mean, the, the air temperature is not quite so critical as critical as the sun being high. So most of the sunlight goes right in through the plastic instead of bouncing off. And that it be sunny. Now, one thing I did not know, and I'd be willing to try it sometime, is solarizing soil in containers. That It's been shown to be effective for disinfesting small amounts of moist containerized soil, such as in cold frames. But you could do it in buckets, yeah. too. Yes. I mean, I, I, you know, the buckets, it would probably work as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, I think the, the raised beds, I think it would work really well. Again, you you would want to... Uh, dig a trench around the outside of that your raised bed soil so that you can bury that into the edges so that you cover the entire area and just break it level first 
and give it some uh, good irrigation, and uh, it'll do the job. All right. Soil solarization works in many, many climates. Could you use soil solarization in your home state of Wisconsin? I think so, um, because we have a lot of, or we had when I lived there, and, and I assume the climate's relatively similar. Most of the days are partly cloudy, and uh, so there's you know a cloud here, a cloud there, but there's sun in between. Uh, not, it's not like the winters here where the whole sky is gray. And yeah, it would work. It would, I think it would work well in most areas where there is sun. And again, it's in the summertime, and again, yep. it's with clear plastic. Yes. Why doesn't black plastic work? Black plastic, well, it's not going to transmit the heat. The the sunlight can't get through the black plastic. But I found, and I, and I have used it for years, excluding light. And you can use tarps. You can use black plastic. Um, anything that's going to exclude light. It will not sterilize or solarize the soil, but it will um, kill any existing vegetation. It's not going to do the weed seeds or the disease spores or the insect eggs. But if you, you know, if you uh, put the, uh, a, a cover that will exclude the light, it will remove the existing vegetation. And then what I typically suggest is that after that's done, um, you can then water the area, let the weed seeds that are there grow, and then control them uh, either with a garden hoe or a flame weeder or something like that. And do that a couple times, and then you will basically have a weed-free bed to to put in your garden. And you can do that any time of the year. And how long would you leave that black, black plastic on to do that? Um, typically a month to two months. The long, again, the longer the better. Um, but uh, you know, a couple of months is, is is more than sufficient. When I lived back in Wisconsin, I moved around a lot, and in many cases, it was not during the heat of the summer. And at that point, we didn't know of soil solarization, and so that's what I did. Is you know, I, often I said you know to the landlord, "Well, I'm going to be moving here in a month or two. Uh, can I and I would like to have a garden. Is that acceptable? And then if they said yes, I said, oh, can I come out now to a month or two before I move in and cover with black plastic or, or some sort of tarp to exclude the light? And uh, then by the time I moved in, it was ready to plant. Worked wow. Very well. Did, yeah. did he call you a damn hippie under his breath as you walked away? Well, he was a hippie, too. So. Oh, all right. <laughs> it all worked out. I, li- I lived in those kind of neighborhoods. <laughs> all right. Soil solarization for gardens and landscapes, it works. It's a non-chemical method for controlling soil-borne pests using high temperatures produced by capturing radiant energy from the sun in the summertime with water and clear plastic. Steve Zion, Living Resources Company, 45 years, soils expert. Thanks for uh, heating up the soil for us today. It was fun. Thanks, Fred. One of the nice things about growing apples, they last a long time on the tree. In fact, you might be picking your apples a little too soon, especially when it comes to a very popular variety called Granny Smith. Granny Smiths do well in a wide variety of climates. Here in California, we tend to start harvesting them in October. Phil Purcell is with Dave Wilson Nursery based in Central California. They're a wholesale grower of fruit and nut trees for the entire country. 
And he says when it comes to harvesting Granny Smith, you ought to wait a while and wait for the apple to change color. In our harvest chart, we say that, you know, the Granny Smith really should be picked, you know, November or, or such. And that's when you kind of see the Granny Smith start showing up in the grocery stores, right? The fresh, the new uh, season Granny Smiths come in and it, it's about that time. Well, Granny Smith should actually be almost like a golden delicious when it's picked. So when we're picking our Granny Smiths off our mother trees at the nursery, we're picking them at the end of uh, December. Oh. And the flavor that you get off that Granny Smith is unbelievable. The tartness is taken out, but you get that great Granny Smith flavor and you get that great crunch getting you know and it takes all the tartness off and at that point i realized that for all these years i've been eating unripe granny smith apples <laughs> in the grocery store because granny smith should look almost like a golden delicious when it's picked off the tree the light greenish yellow color Debbie, time for a quick tip. Now, we were walking through my yard uh, before we started uh, the interview here, and mm -hmm. uh, you noticed that the pepper plants were looking a little droopy. Yes, they were. And I had that happen the last time we had a 100-degree day, so I gave them a drink of water. And as I'm pouring water on each of the plants, I happen to see the valve. Each of my raised beds has an on-off valve, and this particular valve was in the off position. Sure was. Sure, sure was. was. Yeah. Sure was. I was accusing the dogs of having done it. Yeah, good for you. All right. I, you notice how defensive my wife got when I mentioned it? <laughs> she said she doesn't touch it <laughs> <Yeah>. yet. <laughs> my husband would be the same way. But I turned it on, and then I turned the system on to give them a good drink of water. Quick tip of the day. Check your watering irrigation systems regularly. Yes. Especially in, during heat waves. You may have to check it once a week. Every other week is better or is good. Every other week is good. Once a month is minimal requirement mm -hmm. if you do that. If your sprinklers for your lawn come on at a certain time, if you have sprinklers on a lawn, get up early, go watch them work, make sure that they're all working correctly. And if you're using a, a hose and some sort of hose end sprayer uh, that you put down or whatever, turn it on and see that, that the spray is going where you want it to go, that the spray sprayer is doing its job of spreading the water there can be dry spots there can be over wet spots and if you're not there to see it you don't know that and this time of year it's not uncommon for shrubs to grow quickly and if you have a sprinkler system it's not uncommon for shrubs to be blocking the spray right. of those sprinklers so you may want to walk around with your pruners too yes yes so check your irrigation systems thank you very much don't forget, you can get your garden questions in to the Garden Basics with Farmer Fred podcast through a myriad of ways, including uh, leaving it via telephone, 916-292-8964. You can also text your question there, 916-292-8964. Email it in to fred at farmerfred.com. And you can leave it on a number of social media outlets, including the Get Growing with Farmer Fred Facebook page or on Twitter at Farmer Fred and Instagram, Farmer Fred Hoffman. Debbie Flower, we learned a lot. Thanks for your time. It was great to see the studio. I'm happy to be here. All right, we'll do it again. All right. 
Thanks for listening to Garden Basics with Farmer Fred, brought to you by Smart Pots. Garden Basics comes out every Tuesday and Friday. It's available on many podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeart, Stitcher, and many more. And if you're listening on Apple, please leave a comment or a rating. That helps us decide which garden topics you'd like to see addressed. And again, thank you.